Hello and welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. This is Kyle Fredrickson joined by Ryan O'Halloran. Your Broncos beat writers at the Denver Post. We're here to preview the Broncos game at the Jets. A critical, critical week five matchup. Uh, Ryan, let's just dive right into this. Uh, A must win for so many reasons. What happens if the Broncos don't win? Let's just start there. There's a lot. uh, They're going to be two and four because they'll be a significant underdog to the L.A. Rams. And then you're going on a short week to Arizona. Then what? I mean, if they lose to the Jets, what kind of Hail Marys can Vance Joseph call? You know, might he take over the play calling on defense full time basis? That's his last that is his Hail Mary. He tried to fire the offensive coordinator last year with McCoy. That somehow bought him another year. But you know, if they lose this one, that means they've lost three in a row. Um, I don't think they're gonna lose because I think they realize what's at stake here. They they Played their guts out, cliche, but they did, came up short against Kansas City. We're going to find out pretty early on Sunday whether this team has forgot about that game and focused on the current task. And so before we sort of get into looking at the Jets specifically, let's keep kind of the magnifying glass on these Broncos and Vance Joseph. I thought he had some interesting comments this week about the play calling. Um, We could sort of look at even both sides of the ball offensively. Royce Freeman uh, saying that he needs to get more carries defensively. I think late in that game, the the Broncos didn't blitz on that big, long third and 20. And and then they got in a position where they got huge chunk yardage uh, with the Chiefs and they're able to convert there. You know, interesting comments as well. What do you make of sort of the play calling on this team and, and, and Vance's role in it maybe moving forward? Start on offense. Um, I'll defend Bill Musgrave in one respect in the second half. They didn't have the ball a lot in the last drive you're going to throw anyways. Where where Royce Freeman is, if he's the hot hand, you got to play it. As you point out in your story, he would go stretches without touching the football, even though the Broncos were getting first downs. Run him a lot on first and 10 because this, this rushing team is top five in the league in first and 10 uh, run yards. So take advantage of that. Sets up some second and shorts, which you can then take some shots. Defensively, Vance was asked about his involvement. <sighs> he stumbled around it. Let's face it. It wasn't the best answer. And I'll uh, have this online on DenverPost.com. You know, he said everybody's involved. Uh, Bill Kohler, Reggie Herring, Joe Woods, the coordinator. He should have said, I'm the head coach. I have a right to overrule, and I'm involved in everything. It's my football team. That's what he should have said. Instead, he gave the impression that there are too many cooks in the kitchen. And now you realize why the plays are sometimes late getting in. Um, So I, um, you know, some people ignored it. I thought it was a pretty telling comment, and and I wrote it accordingly. Absolutely. So last thing, second and 30. Second and 30, yeah, I touched on that. Examine that. That was a little bit of some flack on on Twitter fans saying, hey, you know, you can't play man coverage there. You you got to be able to get these guys in zones. What do you make of that? Well, they were quoting Jason Witten and Booger McFarlane during the telecast because they were both critical of the play call on second and 30. Chiefs got 23 yards on that. If you're playing man against a guy like Mahomes, you got to, you know, on that kind of play, guard the stick a little bit. I would have played my. I would have played zone coverage, so you would have kept the guy on because you know it's going to be a long developing play. You know, Justin Simmons bit on a juke move on in, inside. The receiver cut back outside, made the catch that set up the third and seven conversion, and then winning touchdown. Um, you know, I thought they did a lot of things right. They just got. They have. I think they have to send more bodies. They have to rush six, rush seven. Trust your corners for just a couple seconds. And because on that last drive, the Chiefs put the Broncos in a hole by blitzing a corner, which they hadn't done the whole game. 
he was unblocked. So throw more of the pressure curveballs. Von Miller's got to pick it up. Right. I mean, I'll be criticized for saying that and writing that. He's played 102 snaps over the last two games. He has six factor plays, which means pressures, tackles around the football. You know, this guy had three sacks week one. He has one since then. You know, is he fighting a thigh injury? Maybe. But they've managed his playing time to keep him fresh for the end of the season. Well, they should keep him fresh for the end of these games. I think this is a chance going against the Jets' tackles for Vaughn to maybe get out of his mini slump. What do you make of this Jets' offense with Darnold at the helm? He's a rookie, so he's been up and down. I think four touchdowns, five interceptions, not surrounded by the greatest talent either. I mean, is is this an offense that has potential this year to be great, or is it going to be a work in progress? Yeah, they're going to be working on it, and they're probably going to have a new head coach next year because Todd Bowles is under you know, some kind of fire as well. With Darnold, I think it's the right decision to play him right away because that's the only way to get better in this league. Patrick Mahomes is an outlier, but he's on a, he's in a different situation. He's on a team that was built to win now. Uh, with Darnold, you know, he held the ball a lot against Cleveland. It looks like he threw quicker against the Jaguars. But if they can't run it with Corral, Corral and Powell, Broncos get Darnold into a third and long. That's how you break your takeaway drought. Gotcha. So looking at the other side of the ball here quickly, Ryan, what kind of threat does this Jets defense pose? It seems it's like uh, teams have been able to run the ball on them pretty consistently, I believe, giving up more than 100 yards a game. Got to be good news for, for Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. We mentioned Royce probably going to have a uh, an increased role in this game, at least more than, than eight carries, what we saw uh, against the Chiefs last week. Ryan, another game where we expect Case Keenan to break out didn't happen last week does it happen this week um no because i think royce freeman <laughs> so and for royce freeman and philip Lindsay are gonna uh break through again and okay. carry this team to a win jets are 16th against the run they've only allowed no rush longer than 23 yards but that's not what the broncos need they need to keep getting those 10 12 14 8 7 yard runs to set up some opportunities for keenum downfield and play action so um Having a plan and a, and a commitment to Freeman and Lindsey is great, but you have to make first downs to keep the ball to run it. You can't be in third and long like this team was uh, consistently against Kansas City because they're so terrible on first down. So I think this is a big week. These guys are four games in. I don't count them as rookies. You know, you trust them to play in week one, trust them now to carry your offense. And so we'll sort of wrap it up on, on that note. We'll we'll analyze one more thing to, to bounce off of what you just said there. We're four games in, Ryan. You're, this week you're also sort of taking a look across the AFC West to sort of get a pulse of this division. The Broncos not in the spot they'd like to be in, but based on how the rest of the d- division has played out to this point, is there optimism that the conference championship is still in sight? Should the wild card be sort of the, the goal at this point? Is it too early to say that? Um, Kansas City's got a tough schedule the next four weeks. It includes the Jaguars at home at the Patriots. Um, I have them going 2-2, two and two, so they'll come back to the pack a little bit. But the Broncos have to, you know, they've dug themselves a little bit of a hole here with a home division loss. I think this division goes through Kansas City because – they can't be really stopped on offense, and they're fine winning shootouts. Uh, Oakland, they're entertaining, but they're not very—they're not going to be a, a threat. The Chargers have been up and down, so the Broncos need to win three out of the next four. It means they got to steal one against the Rams or the Chiefs on the road to say, "Hey, we're we're going into the bye. We have a shot at a wild card." 
if they don't go three and one, if they go two and two, then they then they can say, well, we need we have a lot of work to do and we need to steal some games down the stretch. But it's going to be uh, that Monday night loss is uh, going to make it a, a tall climb. Absolutely. Can't overstate the importance of this game. We we talked about it in the intro here, but could change the future for Devance Joseph, uh, the direction of the franchise. So a winnable game for the Broncos. Uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday afternoon uh, at MetLife Stadium. On that note, we'll let you guys go. Uh, I'll sign off for Ryan. This has been another edition of the First in Orange podcast. Be sure to just subscribe. Uh, we drop a couple of these every week to keep you guys up to date on what we're writing about and what games are ahead. Uh, so check us out. Out online as well. All our content will be at denverpost.com. You can pick us up every day in the newspaper and we will see you next time.